Before I get started with this episode, I want to thank Art to Soul Galleria for sponsoring this particular episode. If you haven't been there yet, you got to get there. Art to Soul Galleria is a handmade artisan monthly marketplace. It's located at 2101 Bel Air Road, the lower level, right there in Falston. And let me tell you, when you get in there and you look at some of this art, you're just going to be blown away. I mean, all this stuff is handmade and the beauty of it, it's, uh, there's, I'm, God, I'm speechless. More or less, I am speechless because that's the level of the artists that are in there. Teresa Step runs this and she's like me. She is always looking out for other artists and she likes to showcase them just like I like to do with different businesses, arts and so forth. So get to Art to Soul Galleria, go to their website, arttosoulgalleria.com so you can find out the dates that they're open. Now, on this episode of Harford County Living, I met a gentleman, oh God, uh, it's it's been a while. Actually, Found in Faith Ministries, we grilled out for their open house. And if you don't know what Found in Faith Ministry is, check them out as well. They transform empty houses into homes by providing quality donated furniture, especially for those in need. So you get a chance to check them out. So I met this young man there for their open house. His name is Andrew Workman, and he has a shop in the back of Family Faith Ministries. When I was there, he had these barn doors that he was building from scratch, not barn doors that were taken from barns. I mean, he was building these things from scratch. And I'm sure you've seen them in homes and everything. People are now, you know, they're taking these sliding barn doors and they're using them as closet doors or entryway doors or whatever. But that's what he does. But he does a lot more than that as well. He also builds custom furniture and his work, again, is also amazing. You got to get into Art to Soul Galleria somehow. But you know what? Better yet, Let's just jump right into it, and I'll have Andrew tell you all about it. This is the Harford County Living Show. Voted as Harford County's favorite local podcast, introducing you to local businesses, organizations, artists, musicians, and more. Harford County Living, there's no place like it. Here's your host, Rich Bennett. Raw Country Designs, my wife and I began doing this a little over, almost coming up on two years now. Okay. Uh, I guess the best place to start is at the beginning. So going back to the beginning, my wife and I bought, uh, wife Rachel, by the way, she bought. we bought a new house. When we bought this house, uh, she loved everything about it, but when we walked in the front door, right to the right of the entrance was a plastic accordion style door for the coat closet. Um, It was held up with a magnet. uh, And she just looked at it and was just like, it's hideous. It's yeah. And she just, uh, she just looked at it. So we bought her house, and she had joked when we were walking through doing the tours. Right. um, You know that would be the first thing she tore down when we bought the house. (laughs) She made that joke. So true to her word, as soon as we get into the house, she ripped it out. She came in and yanked it right down, pulled it right out, didn't care. Wow. And it was just the joke that we had between us. Um, You know, I asked her what she wanted to do with that, and she says, "I've always wanted to have a sliding barn door." Inside the house. house, One of the interior sliding barn doors. You know, the Magnolia Farms, the Fixer Upper, those kind of things. Um, She loves all those shows, and she just said, I would really love to have one. So a couple months later, I'm just shopping around online, looking at the different options, and I just... I've always been very hands-on, always been very crafty, always enjoyed just kind of making, doing things myself. And we had just finished up with some remodel projects in the house. So I had some woodworking equipment at my house already. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I picked up a table saw from a friend of mine, um, relatively cheap. So I had some of the stuff there, and I just thought, let me try making one. Let me just try just building it. Wait, back up a minute. But you've already been d- doing woodwork, but you didn't have a table saw. I did not have a table saw, so wow. Okay. <laughs> so if I was cutting like plywood, if it was like you know setting it up, doing right. the rips with the table uh, with the circular saw, those okay. kind of things. So and then borrowing equipment from people. Um, wow. It was just a you know new homeowner needed to build the equipment up. So I just sat down one day. She's gone away. I think it was for the weekend. Uh, I think she was at like a bachelorette party event or something. And I decided to just get the project started and try to surprise her with it. So I did. I went through it. I built it. Um, I actually have some pictures here. I'll show you of the first one we did. So true to my word, this is the first slats on our our floor. Wow. Okay. Our living room floor right there. Me the first time just thinking about putting it together. That's on the back porch. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I'm building it, I'm putting it all together, um, finally finish it, and she's able to come home, and that was just waiting for her. You fi- in one day? Uh, in one day, I built the entire thing, um, and then the next day I had to go and make the hardware for it. So I had to like, build out the metal hardware, stuff like that. You made the hardware? You didn't buy so it? So I found the rollers okay. really cheaply online, but the metal rack, I have an uncle who's a welder, so I just grabbed a piece of quarter-inch steel from him, cut it bent the ends out, drilled it out so it would match the studs, oh, wow. and put it in place. Um, just because it was a small space, it wouldn't figure right. conventional style. So right there, I kind of got the taste for doing like custom fit work. Well, she came home, she absolutely loved it. And she just started gushing online, putting it out there, look at what my husband did. <laughs> um, and we started talking. And because I enjoyed doing it so much, I asked her, I said, you know, do you think other people would pay for this? Do you think other people would enjoy oh, this yeah. kind of thing? And she said, yeah, why not? And she encouraged me and kind of pushed me to do just a little post on Facebook Marketplace. Right. You know, put something out there, see what would happen. I made the post at around 11.30 at night. I was just kind of laying there, couldn't sleep, grabbed some of the pictures that I had from the first project, put it out there, and just wanted to see if anyone was interested. No joke, 10 minutes later, someone contacted me and says, hey, I'm a custom carpenter. I'm doing a big renovation job down in Baltimore City. I need some nine foot high doors. This is perfect. Can you custom build them this size? And it was my first order over a thousand dollars and I couldn't believe it. I was floored. Wow. 10 minutes after making my first post. And at that point, the business was kind of started. 10 minutes from the post. 10 minutes after the post, we're looking at midnight. It, it was just absolutely, I, I couldn't believe it. I, yeah, I would have I was just floored. Away. So I built it. Well, then here comes the, the idea of now, where am I going to build these things where am i going to store them how am i going to put it so at, let me just kind of paint the picture so at this point we're in a townhouse we have a tiny little townhouse backyard i have a tiny little shed that all of my woodworking equipment is having to get shoved into in the morning or in the evenings pulled out in the morning set up do the work and then put it all away in the evenings i could only work when it was sunny couldn't work at all oh, if it was rainy because i was doing everything outside i had no room Ooh, at this point all on the back wow. porch so the first four or five orders i did was outside. Well, that was fine until I did this project here. So this was one I did with a black stain. And if you notice, that is on my kitchen table. I was gonna say, what's that, an eight, eight foot? That's an eight door? foot high door. So I was doing that. And the staining and finishing process takes several weeks as a right. lot of odors. So that was kind of the, the tipping the point, house. yeah, for being in the house. Especially and on the dining room table. <laughs> So at that point, I realized I'd either have to scup, cut back and yeah. stop doing this or have some kind of space to go. 
at the time I knew uh, a great gentleman, his name is Eric, he's a great electrician. Uh, him and I were friends and he invited me to a Christian business networking event. Okay. So that was at Emerton Baptist Church. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar right there on Plumtree. So that's the church I was going to or am going to at the time. Okay. I showed up for the event and I started talking about what I was doing. Originally, I went there because I'm a licensed real estate agent. I was trying to do some networking as a real estate agent. I was going to ask you what you, yeah. if you so, have a regular full-time yeah. job, too. <laughs> so being a real estate agent, I was there, and Eric just kind of like nudges me. He's like, talk about the woodworking stuff. Talk about what you're doing there. And I just mentioned it. Right. Alicia uh, Hamilton, which you've yeah. had on the show before. Um, she's the founder of Found in Faith Ministries. Instantly, she just perked up and looked over and said, do you need a space to work in? <laughs> it's just like literally She's things lining up her. just in a way that just I yeah. couldn't even understand. I'm like, it'd be great to have a space. She says, well, we have roughly a thousand square feet in the back of our mm -hmm. uh, in the back of our building that we just leased uh, for doing the Found in Faith Ministries. And right now it's just got a bunch of junk in it. What would you what do you think? I was absolutely floored. I couldn't believe it. It's good space too. Yeah, it, and I went there to look at it. I mean, at this point, the previous owners had just used it as a junk room, so it was right. literally ceiling high with junk. But I looked at the space and realized it would be perfect, so I got in there, got the hands dirty, ripped everything out, and started pulling it out, and this is kind of what it looked like when it was started and empty and the old post office. Ready to do it. Yep, it's the old post office building. So this is what my first day in the shop. You can see I had a table saw in there, I had a chop <laughs> saw in there, and that was it. That's where it all started. Wow. Um, so I got in there. I started building some tables. Little by little, the equipment grew. The things grew. I was going to say, because I think the last time I was there, it was during the open house. Okay. Because that's when I met you originally, because you also told me about Don when they had the Susquehanna Fishing Club. Yes, yes. Um, and it looked like you had a good setup back there then. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotten a little bit better over time. Um, this is kind of our latest, uh, oh, latest wow. upgrades. Okay. Um, so you look at that, and no dining room table anymore. No dining room table. Uh, <laughs> now you're all the work right? stays out. Yeah. Um, so the idea for the actual business, a couple months into this, I realized, you know, this is something that is growing. Yeah. It's something I want to get into. So we founded the LLC, and Rachel, my wife, came up with it. She saw our initials, R-A-W, Rachel Andrew Workman, and she said, what about raw country designs? My original idea was something like rustic country designs or something. Right. Like she, she came with it, and it just really fit. I love you know, it. on two different yeah. levels because the the thing about woodworking and the reason why I enjoy doing it is because the wood itself is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it, every piece is unique. Every, every piece every is type different. Of wood is, yeah. Every the different types, the different hardness, you know, the different it all is just so beautiful. Yeah. That I like it, you know, to me it was just raw. You know, the yeah. raw wood itself is just so pretty, so it, it really resonated and really stuck with us. So right there, raw country designs was was made. So you love the different wood for building. I love the different woods for smoking. <laughs> oh, now see, we can get into that too if you want to go on a tangent. I just did a brisket over the weekend. Oh really? Oh yeah. Applewood? No, I used uh, hickory and mesquite. Uh, oh, combined. For a brisket, yes. Okay. I did a, a combo. Turned out wow. really good, for sure. Why do I always end up talking about food? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both hungry. <laughs> that we, because we smoke all the time. Matter of fact, they you've heard of the rotating homeless shelter mm -hmm. that comes around. Every year, we volunteer the Lions Club. We volunteer to grill out for it. Okay. Well, we've always done the hamburgers and hot dogs. This year, we're doing it. We said, you know what? Let's do something different. We're going to do pit beef and, and turkey or ham or whatever. But we got to smoke, smoke some of the beef and stuff. Yeah, too. absolutely. It's like, oh, yeah. 
But I always love using the app pool. It, we're getting way off subject. We, we really are, but it's yeah, all right. But it's okay. But another one I found at um, I found at Richardson's was a sugar maple, hmm. which is oh, we the one year the Heritage Festival last year, not this past year. We were I was smoking turkey legs, and we were using that. Oh, the taste was simply amazing. Right. Cause I mean, just salt and pepper. But other than that, just the what wood. else do you need? Yeah. Hey, I do my rubs like I do the wood. Keep it simple. Yeah. If I'm doing meat, just yep. SPG, salt, pepper, you know, garlic powder. That's it. If it's a pork, fish, anything else, yeah, I'll I'll play around. I'll make my own rubs and do it that way. And it all, again, it all depends on what kind of wood you're using too, because mm-hmm. that's going to enhance the flavor of that rub and so forth. Anyways, we're so kind of to, off topic, yeah, but kind back of not. To raw country designs. Because looking at you know to, to try <laughs> to like you know bring it all back in. No, if if you're doing a project, you know mm-hmm. every every wood's going to have its unique properties for right. it. And now I've, I'm no expert by any means. I'm just learning little by little as I go. I feel like every project teaches me something. Um, so I get to learn a little bit more about it, but like certain things, like if you're doing countertops, you want to do like a harder wood, or if mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, uh, if you're doing cabinetry, you want something that's a hard wood that's less likely to flex and bend. Right. The barn door, some of the other stuff, you can get away with doing like pine, knotty pine, those kind of things. I was going to ask you, it, what's the wood that you use the most? Pine. Pine. Yeah. yeah. Pine is definitely the wood that I use the most, um, unless someone has like a specialty project that they use, just because I, you know, I'm with cost yeah. you know pine is a beautiful wood but it's relatively inexpensive compared to your other hardwoods right. and exotic woods do you get a lot of requests for cedar so i do get some requests for cedar um okay. it, it's very rare though because i'm not doing like your closets i'm not doing other right. things a lot of what i'm doing is interior cedar is used a lot for exterior right um exterior projects because it just holds up to the weather really well whereas pine doesn't so that's why a lot of the interior so stuff good. does because my father i bought their house but he had put cedar uh, planking all on along the walls, just you know, like halfway up. And I just remember when he did it, the, the smell of it. And I've always wanted to take the one room and make it a cedar closet. Right. Now you started this. Now are you still doing the real estate? Or are you doing this? Absolutely. Whole- so okay. I'm still um, with Keller Williams, American Premier Realty, oh, okay. right there in Bel Air. Um, I'm on the Tracy Properties team. Uh, being on a real estate team has been absolutely phenomenal. Right. It gives me the flexibility to do what I want to do as far as the woodworking goes. So I still do that as my full-time job, okay. uh, but the woodworking is definitely where like the the rest of the time goes. I was going to say, so when you're showing somebody a house, are you allowed to pitch them your stuff on the side? Could I? Yes. Um, I try to keep them separated as right. much as possible, um, but I have had other real estate agents who will call me and say, hey, my clients are in this house and they really would like a barn door. You know, Would you be willing to quote them something for it? I was going to say, because so. I know you're going to some of these houses. You probably don't take your wife with you because if there's any of those pocket or those bifold doors or whatever that plastic door was that she ripped down i know that would be gone right away you can't share the house with that in there so <laughs> i would just that'd be hard for me because some of these houses you go into you gotta just look at it, it's like what were they thinking well i'd say the positive in the way that they kind of coexist together is that when i am showing a house or if i'm on the buyer side especially uh i get to have that vision yeah. You know, when I walk in, I have that mentality of that idea of the design of what it could be. You know, how pretty would it be with this? How pretty would it be with that? Um, you know, and some buyers, they're a little more open to that than others. Some right. go in and they see it what it is. Some go in and they see it for what it can be. Um, and it's Good nice idea. to be able to show them some ideas of what it could be or get their creative juices going in a yeah. way um, when they go into a house and see it like that. 
So they do kind of go hand in hand. You could probably get a lot of good ideas looking at some and inspiration. Absolutely. So, so now do you do most of the barn doors, or I mean, what's your I guess your biggest selling thing? The biggest selling thing started with the barn doors. Um, for me, on my okay. side, I think we talked a little bit about, uh, and I posted on Facebook how my wife is more the designer and she right. does the more creative stuff. So she actually, uh, about six to seven months ago, started getting an interest in becoming more involved in the okay. actual woodworking business itself. Because um, you got off that dining room table, that's exactly. Why. <laughs> she she had a chance to uh, you know get over that, and we before yeah. no no she's been incredibly supportive. Um, I don't even want to act like she hasn't been. She's been one hundred percent my rock through all of this. And Perfect team. When she started to show some interest in wanting to do like the signs, yeah, uh, I was all for it. So the great thing was a lot of it was the material I had left over from building these doors. I'd have a lot of planks and a lot of paneling and stuff that would just build up. I didn't want to throw them out because, you know, as every woodworker will tell you, you hold on to it thinking, I'll have a project we'll find, for that later. Yeah, exactly. I'll find a place for that later. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. So I didn't want to throw them out. So she just came in and just started making these things first off as gifts for friends, families, anniversaries, those kind of things. And it was just neat to see it kind of evolve. Yeah. Um, I invested in some different equipment for her to be able to use, and it just took off from there. Uh, we started getting into, with me being in real estate, uh, I started doing closing gifts for real estate agents. Great idea. So the, the rustic, decor. yeah, the rustic home decor, the country modern <laughs> style is something that's incredibly popular. Right. And the agents, they enjoy it. It's personalized. They get something for their clients. So I've been doing that now for about six months, or I should say Rachel's been doing that for about six months now. Um, and that's kind of become the other tangent of the business. Right. Uh, I have a lot of things, you know, being a new small business, you'll know that, you know, you don't always have the capital up front to do a bunch of inventory. Yeah. Um, especially with me having another full-time job and other things that I do, it makes it difficult to have time to build up inventory. Um, ideally, that's what I'd like to do. Right. So most of the stuff that I build is just order, build, order, build. Um, so someone will request, hey, I, I really wanted to make a coffee table. Do you think you can make me one? Okay, I'd give them a quote, I'd build it. But unfortunately, I don't have the ability right now to build a bunch of that inventory, right. yet, if that makes any sense. Well, I admit it does. And not only that, where would you show it? I mean, you, I guess you really can't show it. You'd have to do, things. yeah, it would be difficult to have the showroom space yeah, for sure. You but would need a good storefront. And for right now, that's okay. Yeah. We truly enjoy just what we're doing. I, be, I enjoy doing the custom pieces. Um, because it just it develops more of like a relationship with each customer. So each of my customers, uh, I get to go out to their house. I do free in-home estimates for any of my projects. So if someone wants me to come in, measure space, give them an idea of what it would look like, I can come into their house, um, bring some of my previous work, some of my reviews mm -hmm. if they want to read it, uh, and then just give them the best idea for doing a barn door. Uh, a lot of times I get some customers who will order a standard size, like a 32 or a 34, and then realize it's too small for their space. Um, so I usually have a certain recommendation I make when I go out to a house, I can actually see it okay. and make the biggest recommendations. And the barn doors you do, they're not just sliding. You can act, because didn't you do one for like a pantry where it opens? Yes, so again, being custom, I take a lot of uh, framed outdoors. Right. So they're already framed, but they like they want to change the style. Uh, rather than having to rip and tear everything out, I can come in and make basically a template of the current doors that they have, put it in with the style of the barn doors, and they can just replace. So it allows them to go. So I've done it several different styles. Uh, we've done the sliding on the outside. We've done bifold doors. Like, you know, you see yeah. the pantry bifold doors or the closet bifold doors. I've been able to do those as well. They fit right in the track. It just gives the house a country look with the convenience of doing the sliders. Um, we've done bypass style doors. 
which are the oh, kind okay. that slide past each other like in a closet. Yeah. Um, same thing. fits right on the hardware that's already there. The whole point was to not have to change your whole life and spend thousands and thousands of dollars to change right. your stuff around. It's to utilize what's already in the house and make something beautiful that goes with it. I think your next big project, somebody's going to call you to make them a custom garage door. A custom garage door? Yeah. That would be very heavy, <laughs> especially out of solid wood. Well, yeah. Well, no, not just, well, I hope it wouldn't be just one door. Well, I mean, they could, but you know, have most of your doors fold up as you yeah, lift absolutely. them. So if it's in planks, you could. Mm -hmm. But, oh, yeah, one. there are some that it's one heavy door, isn't it? Well, I would say even with the planks, I know somebody's got a tractor the trailer to haul it if need be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm open to any project. Um, that's been the beauty of, of being more of a custom shop and not mm -hmm. just like a, a manufacturing plant. Is that when I start a project, you've seen the shop. It's a decent yeah. sized space, but it it's is. not big enough to do seven, eight different projects at one time. Right. So when I do a project, my focus can entirely be on that project. Um, you know, setting up the different jigs, setting up the different rigs, whatever I have to do to make it perfect. So when I get to start a project, each one is unique. Yeah. Each one has different, you know, parameters that it needs. And whether it's a barn door or a coffee table or entertainment center or I had someone build, I don't know if you saw it, the trash, the, uh, trash can no. cabinet. So they wanted a very rustic style. I guess it would be like a reclaimed wood style thing to put her trash cans in right little cabinet so i built a rolling trash can and what she had she needed is so there was a space where her trash cans were setting mm -hmm. and instead of just setting them right there on the end of her cabinet she wanted something nice and rustic to put them in um so that way it would hide it and i'm sure you've seen the ones where you pull out yeah. the trash cans well it was like that but she needed it to be you know more country style because okay. she lived in an old style farmhouse um so when i finally got the thing together that was uh probably one of my first unique pieces that was outside of the norm of just the barn doors and some of the other things that I had been doing. So I used, you know, reclaimed pallet wood, built it out, and she was able to store the trash cans right in there with the hardware. Pallet wood? Yep, reclaimed pallet wood out of that. All right, now, let me, because I thought I saw a report, some pallet wood you can use and some you can't. So you just have to be careful of what burning? kind. I, I would say it's mainly for burning because okay. if you have pressure treated, so when they well, make pallets, yeah. they just use whatever is out there. Right. Um, I I'm find that most of it is actually strips of hardwood, leftover okay. from like cabinet manufacturer, stuff like that. Um, so most of it's really good, a lot of fun good to use, wood, yeah. especially yeah if you're sanding it down and restanding it. Um, but yeah, you're right. You do have to be careful with what you're using. I don't use any pressure treated wood, especially if it's going in the house. Um, also because going back to what I said about, you know, raw country designs, pressure treated wood is just, it's, it's already been treated. Right. It, it's, it's different. It's not the same as working with a raw material. Yeah. I was going to say, when you go to stain it, I think it would, uh, doesn't take, yeah, yeah, it doesn't take, it doesn't hold paint very well. I mean, so those are the things it, it's, it's very difficult to utilize something like that. Yeah. Now you got the holidays coming up. Right. What are you, you going to do if you have somebody calls you and you get a ton of orders? <laughs> Well, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. You know, the goal for me, if I'm going to be completely honest, I absolutely love doing this. If I could make this my full-time career, it I absolutely would. It's kind of almost the mentality of bring it on. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to have these projects and these pieces come out. Um, for me, the, the biggest thing would be having more space. Okay. Having a bigger location, bigger space to be able to do it, but I would make it too. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, typically turnaround time, because it is projects, and I do have multiple things in the project, we do have either four to six weeks or eight to ten, depending on the projects that's that are being bad, done. That's not bad, though. Um, yeah. I, it's, that's, I still try to stay as 
quickly as possible yeah. getting these pieces out. But for now, with this not being my full-time job, I do have to have time to do both. Now, you're, the stuff that you can show at other places, obviously mm -hmm. the barn doors are too big for you to take to places. Right. Because right, I saw you at art, or, um, the authors and artists show. Anywhere, any other places that you've been at? That is show? actually our first show we've ever really? done. Yeah, Rachel and I uh, have been talking. Again, it comes back to having the time to build the inventory. Right. Okay. Um, so Rachel's been working very hard for the last six months to get the stuff together to do the authors and artists. Okay. Um, this was kind of a trial run. We enjoyed it. We have the setup now. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing some more of them. Okay. Um, I know that we're looking forward to doing the Big Bel Air Craft Show in the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, the one that's by the library. Yeah. We're definitely wanting to do that one this year. We've already looked into it. So we will be there. Any idea when the website's going to be up? So I actually have someone who's working on that right now. Was, Hopefully within the next couple next weeks. Question. Yeah, we do have someone who, a um, okay. close personal friend of ours who does uh, web design and stuff like that. He's helping us with that. Some of that came down to not wanting to bring the website up in case it took off too fast. Right. Well, yeah. Some of that came, <laughs> uh, but now that we're starting to find the right balance, I have the good space, it's, it's time to actually get that up. Yeah. So I do have someone that's working on it right now. That way we can have an online shop. Uh, I guess the other part was figuring out how to do it to where custom order stuff. Yeah. Um, figuring out how to do a custom order ordering template. So that's all the stuff that is above my pay grade to figure out. That's why I, I got someone say, so working on it. If somebody calls up with the custom order, they have to put a deposit down, correct? Correct. We all, okay, we ask for a 10% deposit, minimum that's $50. It? Just 10%. Again, we're not trying to, we're not trying to make people go bankrupt over right. our work. We do quality work, but at the same time, oh, yeah, we are not trying to make people you know, have to sec get a second mortgage just right. to get a barn door in their house. Um, so we require a 10% deposit uh, for any of the projects. Uh, we feel like we're not done unless everyone's 100% satisfied. i got to figure out a way to help grow this. <laughs> I Seriously, appreciate because, that. Because, I mean, I, when I, like I said, when I went, to, went there the first time, the first time I met you, and I saw some of them barn doors, I'm like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> because I see, when you see it on TV, that's one thing. But when you're seeing it, and I don't know, I guess when you see somebody that's actually doing it, and you see the the heart that's going into it, the, the love for it. Some people just make things because they want to and they want to make money. What I'm gathering from you is you're making it because you, you love to make it. It's a passion. And... To see that, I think that stands out a lot. And I, maybe that's just me, but to me, I, I think that shows in the work. I appreciate that. Um, you know, just to be completely transparent, it is that the shop is kind of my sanctuary. It's where right. I go. Um, you know, everyone has things that they deal with. Everyone has uh, things that are their burdens and the things that they carry around. Uh, when I'm in the shop, just being real, yeah, that is when those things get to kind of melt away for me. Right. There's something about taking something raw and working it down and making it into something beautiful that just resonates with me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am a believer. I do have strong faith. I do, cons you know, we are a Christian business. And I just feel like there's there's something to that. Yeah. Um, it just has always resonated with me. And, and to be in the shop and to, to watch something go from just something very raw, very uh, beautiful in its own right, but then to be able to utilize those pieces and to build it into something, you know, when You're that stain goes on. More or less. Exactly. Yeah. To be able to see the stain go on, then the finish, yeah. and then to, to hand, to just to do everything by hand. That's the other thing, too, that I feel sets us apart a little bit is most of the work we do, especially once we get to the finishing stage, it's all done by hand. 
We're not spraying. We're not doing things in mass productive quantities. Everything is by hand. So you're putting on. Um, you're putting the stain on the way it's supposed to be on with the rag and all that. I am. Every piece, you know, every piece yeah. is different with how things should be applied, but it's all done by me. Yeah. So that way I can see the quality I can make sure things are looking right wow. if I feel like something isn't turning out right I have no problem with going back sanding it down and starting over because I want people to be happy with their product and their finished product it is just something that's become more of a passion to me that I didn't realize was there until I built that first door it kind of like it unlocked it for me did you learn woodworking in school so I went to North Hartford Middle School Okay. Um, anybody out there that did probably know or remember Mr. Ackerman. He taught the uh, woodshop class so in North Hartford Middle. Okay. So I had a woodshop class when I was young, but it was just one quarter of one year. And I remember I made a few pieces, and I was very happy with how that right. all turned out. And it, it just kind of, I guess, it was there. And then because I went on to other things, and it wasn't offered in too many of the other classes. I mean, North Hartford High School didn't have as many of the woodshop. They didn't have any woodshop classes at all. So um, it kind of like went dormant. Back until yeah. I did this project. And when I did this project, I realized how wonderful it is. I mean, just, this, I'm a wood nerd, but you know, when you're cutting it, the smells, the, oh, the yeah. feel, everything, it just, it just is beautiful. Did you ever go to the, um, I know the uh, County Parks and Recs has a wood shop. I haven't gone there yet, I've okay. heard about it. Yeah, I've heard that that's a really pretty, uh, really great shop set up. Um, it's I like want to get up there, especially since my wife won't let me buy power tools. Yeah, we should go. <laughs> we should go. <laughs> well, and that's why I wish my one neighbor would have came on Ted because Ted and actually my, two of them love working with wood, and my one neighbor Jeff is always doing the like all his um, decorations. He did a manger. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget what kind of saw you, it's called the bandsaw, I guess. Bandsaw, jigsaw, he, yeah. Yeah, he cuts all that stuff out. You know, with that excellent at what he does you know ted's another one excellent at, at working with wood and lyle which i wish he would have been here he wishes he could have been here because he loves taking old furniture and renovating it mm -hmm. um he loves building by hand he loves building bird houses um all all these things he, he called me this morning kind of upset because he really wanted to be here for it uh, actually i think he was no he wasn't with me when when we were at the shop that was ted that was with me okay at the shop but do you do any workshops if anybody wants to learn so i've been asked that question a couple times okay um i i feel like i'd have to really figure out the logistics of that Right. Just because there is a safety aspect that goes along with True. it, safety insurances, those kind of yeah. things. Um, it's something I've wanted to do, but not something I've really had the time to look into. Right. But I would, I, as far as actually teaching the craft, I love it. Yeah. I love being able to show someone else and having, uh, I have a couple friends of mine who have asked and they just think it's so neat that someone has a wood shop. So they'll call me and say, hey, I'm doing this project or I'm doing that project. Can I come up and utilize the space? And it, I love it. Just spending a day like that, teaching someone else how to do it, how to use the different tools and how to make something again from yeah. scratch. That They have a design, an idea in their head, and they can just come right in and build it. It's just wonderful to be able to do something like that. So I would love to be able to do those kind of courses, to be able to do some workshops and stuff, but I just have to more figure out the logistics of how to do it. Well, not um, that you may not, if everything goes right, you may not have the time because you're going to be flooded with orders. This is true, but, you know, <laughs> I find we always make time to do the things that we are the most passionate about. Yeah. And I truly do love woodworking in general, and I'm actually very happy that, the Magnolia Farms and the, the Fixer Uppers and the HGTV mm -hmm. has actually kind of 
put a new light on woodworking on that kind of woodcraft uh, because it's kind of reignited that passion that people had before about right. good quality woodworking and I feel like there's a small resurgence of that coming around again where people are starting to see the difference between the $250 Walmart furniture pieces and the more expensive pieces that someone handcrafts yeah. um, and understanding that there is a reason why something would cost thousands of dollars versus a couple hundred dollars. Um, and there is There's a huge it, you're difference. You're getting good quality work and work that will last for generations. I mean, yeah. think about it. How many, how many of us do we have? Grandmoms, great grandmoms, old hutch or old furniture. That there's a reason why it's lasted 150, almost 200 years. It's real wood. It was real wood. It's it was not crafted. That it was protected. Board. Correct. Um, and that's one of the things where it, it, there is. Uh, I do run into that sometimes. Sometimes there are some sticker shock yeah. ideas, but. The truth is, when you're using quality product and you start with a quality product, you're going to get a, a quality result. And if and anybody has bought the cheap furniture and put it together, <laughs> or tried to move it, yeah, they know because you know sometimes when you're putting that screw in or whatever, and it just tears the wood apart, it just crumbles right out. Yeah, I, and that's brand new out of the box. Yeah, crumbles apart. You're not yeah. going to get that with you know you know something that you get where you're using. You're not using the particle board. You're using good quality wood. Correct. Again, the fact that you're putting your heart into it, and something tells me the only way you would allow a piece to go out of the shop is if you would actually put it in your place yourself. 100% true. That's actually where I have the most difficult time. I am a perfectionist. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to this, my wife, she'll she'll laugh when she hears this part because she will be nodding her head 100% yes. <laughs> um, I... I want it to be perfect or as yeah. close to perfect as possible. One of my biggest problems is that wood is alive. Mm -hmm. Wood is different. Wood is not going to be perfect. If you want something perfect, get particle board that's been painted. That's the only way you're going to get consistent, perfect, you know. So I always tell people if you want perfection and a perfect little box, yeah. get something that's particle board. If you want something that's unique, get something that's real wood. Um, you know, because you can get, but it's. It's alive. It's something that's going to move. It's going to flex. You know, something that's uh, perfect in my house is going to shift a little bit when it's in your house, just the right. way it is. But you can do different finishes and stuff to prevent that. But yeah, I, uh, you were talking about the uh, the cabinet that I did, uh, not the cabinet, the uh, entertainment center yes. that I had built. So I did have a bit of a difficult time getting the top to just stay flush and stay smooth, and and, and it just, I spent probably two weeks doing on the finish process for that top um, just because I wanted it to be perfect and when it went out of there it was as close to flawless as it could be I was gonna say um, that because we're working with fresh wood a lot I mean you probably come across some that are warped absolutely um, sometimes we typically the way you're doing it when I'm doing a project like that you're buying lumber that is uh, thicker than the actual finished product okay uh, you start out your first step is to get to your joiner so I have the face joiner, so you're getting a flat end on that board. So if it does have a little bit of a cup or a little bit of right. a bow, you're getting that out of it first. Okay. That way you have one flat edge to work. And once you have one flat edge, you can then yeah, go through good. the process to cutting it down and getting the rest of everything squared. But it is a process, definitely is. How long did it take you to build that entertainment center? I would say the actual cutting, mill, the milling, cutting, assembly, those kind of things took me about a day and a half just to put it together and do all that, the finishing process took me about two weeks. Really? Wait a yeah. minute, it, didn't he say that it holds, what, a 65-inch TV? Uh, yeah, it was for a 70-inch TV. A 70-inch, and, and only two weeks? Well, two weeks to do the, the finishing, the the polyurethane staining and stuff like that. 
But you, well, you said too. That's when you get a project, you focus on that. that is just project. that project. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, and I gotta say, that is one of the reasons why, for now, you yeah. know, we're one project at a time. But when that project, when it's your turn up in the queue, so to speak. That's where my focus is. Yeah, that's what I and I focus on that until it's finished. Which is good. Um, that's the way it should be. We are getting ready to expand the space a little bit. So there is an uh -huh. unutilized room at Founded Faith. There's an unutilized room uh, that's close by that I've gotten permission to turn into a finishing and staining room. Oh, which okay. will, if that's the case, then once I start the finishing and staining, I can then continue to work on another piece, which will kind of double production. Right. Um, still allow me to stay focused, but as of now, when I start the finishing process, all other sanding, everything has to be cleaned up, all the dust particles and everything, because if you're going to get a good finish, you can't have just dust and stuff flying all over the place. Like, like an auto body shop. Exactly. And a lot of people don't think about that. You have to have that almost like a bubble, <laughs> if you will, to where you can't have none of that dust or anything yeah. in there, especially if you want it to be perfect. Right, unique. as close to perfect as possible. Yeah. I've learned that no piece is perfect, no. and sometimes I'll be working and That's working, working. I like working that word you said unique. I like that better. It's true. Um, you know, and Rachel will come into the shop and look at something and be like, this looks amazing. This is pretty. I'm like seeing all the little faults and defects, <laughs> and she's like, you need to learn to let some of that go. That's just yeah. the character of the wood. That sets it off. It does. You know, I'm, that's one of the things um, I love looking at, like the old barns and everything, you know, and just look. I'll even do that if I go somewhere. I see floor, a hardwood, a true hardwood floor. I'm always looking at the patterns of the wood to make sure it doesn't match up, and just, it just, I just love the wood grain in it mm -hmm. and how it stands out. And I mean, people are going to say I'm weird, but. I think it tells a story. You know, you look at a piece of wood, and especially if you could take an old tree and just cut it and look at them rings, and just think, go further into it and think about, you know, that inner ring, how much did it see compared to the outer rings? Wow, I am going really far out on this now, aren't I? But, I no, mean, no, it's, it's, it's actually true, and I do the same thing. So <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm selecting lumber, um, I'm looking for a good mix of the heartwood versus yeah. the sapwood. I'm looking for the way it was cut. You know, was it flat cut? Was it center? Was it um, uh, flat cut, center cut? Um, and then there's like corner cuts and stuff like that you can take out of it because they all have different purposes. Yeah. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you get that flat cut and you're right in the middle of that and you kind of get a good cross section of all the rings. It's just yeah. so unique to see like the size and, you know, knowing that every one of those knots was where a branch came out and. Um, every once in a while you find some other little unique characteristics like sometimes you get the uh, the old beetle holes and the little worm holes and stuff like that yeah. that were in the wood before I mean obviously it's perfectly safe um, a lot of times the lumber yards will kind of toss it out as defective when they have stuff like that but being able to have some gnarled up pieces like that can really create some yeah. truly unique one of a kind pieces that no one else will have um, and that's another th reason why doing this every barn door I've made every piece of furniture I've made none of them are the same no. Not a single one will ever be the same because the wood itself speaks mm -hmm. differently. Each one has its own story to tell. 100%. I mean, just, uh, man, just think if you could go out and get your own wood and have the equipment to where you could cut it down and saw it down. But, All mean, in the dreams. You're, you're talking my language. No, it's you, where, where the dream and the heart is. About that? When you sit there and you get the wood, you ever think about, all right, where did this come from? All the time. I mean, all the time. I don't know. I mean, how hard how hard is it to get redwood? 
It just depends on what kind of redwood. Oh, you mean like the California like redwood and stuff gym. like that? I've never seen it. Okay. I've never say, seen it on the East Coast like can. this. Yeah, it's a lot of that's protected now. Yeah. Um, but just, you're right. I mean, it is neat to think about where it actually came from and what it actually is. And, and God, because you think about it, we were talking before we started recording, and we, I was telling you, talking about the dead trees out there. And most of the people, when they take down the dead trees, what do you do with it? And just lays there and rots. Yeah, or chop it up and burn it. Right. But some of that could be good lumber. Some. It just depends on Very the quality, lovely. how how dead, how long it's been. But I've seen some really pretty things come out. You know, it really broke my heart. My dad, uh, he their primary heat source is, is wood. They have a really nice wood stove. And he was uh, chopping up this beautiful white oak. And the next-door neighbor had had a bunch of mon monstrous branches come down. They cleared out a couple trees. And it was just really sad to see this beautiful lumber that I would absolutely love to utilize get cut into these tiny little yeah. chunks and thrown in a wood stove. But, again, it, it's everyone has their different uses for it. My neighbor, there was a big maple between his house and my house, and he had it cut down. I wanted a, like a big piece of it to take it and make as a table for outside. Of course, I that idea was shot down. But I knew the story of that tree. Yep. See, because I grew, I bought the house I grew up in. That tree, my my mother and the original lady that lived there planted that tree between the houses. So as it grew, they would be able to sit under there and drink their coffee. Mm -hmm. So to me, that had a story. And I figured if I had had that table there, I'm more or less finishing what my mom and this lady wanted to do. Just not sitting under the tree now, we're putting the coffee on the tree. Yeah. But that's, it just, if I, oh God, if I knew where all that different wood came from. It's uh, all unique. I mean, thankfully a lot of the wood and a lot of the lumber comes from uh, manageable right. forests and stuff. So where it's been oh. replanted and... Um, it's being properly replenished. So when right. it's being cut down, it's very, uh, very natural. So they're able to cut it down, then replant trees to go in its place, and they're able to harvest those ones again. So a lot of that comes from that, especially your pines and your white pines and stuff like that. Um, but you're right. I mean, there are some very unique, mm. one-of-a-kind places. Uh, you see the lumber trucks all the time, and you just wonder, you know, these, these trees that are 100, 150 years old, just what kind of stories they could tell, right? Oh, yeah. So if somebody wants to order a piece or get anything, how do they contact you besides the Facebook page? So the Facebook page, I mean, they're more than welcome. Email, uh, telephone, you know, my phone number, they can just reach out to me directly. Um, okay. And then and through the Facebook page and Marketplace, too. absolutely. So they can call me directly. Uh, I prefer to do in-home estimates. Right. Uh, especially for any type of doors or any type of area like that. Um, because there is, in my mind, a calculation for the right way to measure out for a door. It's not just whatever the size of the opening is. There's other right. things you should take into consideration, especially for a barn-style door that's going to be on a track and covering mm -hmm. the actual door space. Um, you know, I usually recommend, you know, just for the people listening, if you are going to measure it width-wise, you want to go to the outside of your trim. So you're going to have your door, then you measure to the outside of the trim, and then you want to add four inches to that. Really? Reason being is, uh, my my way of thinking is, you can either, I've seen people tear out the whole, the trim, the molding, all that stuff, and then uh, cover it up with drywall and, and yeah. make the space for just the opening, almost like you would a closet door or something that's an opening. But you don't necessarily have to do that. Right. You know, down the road, if someone else, if you go to sell the house, if you choose the different Somebody design, it's already there. What right. I recommend is going to the outside of the frame and the outside of the trim and then adding four inches what that does is you know and i know that no house is perfect right doorways are sometimes a little off the trim is not always perfectly flush and perfectly straight so what that does these doors have to hang perfectly 
uh, perfectly level. Right. That track has to run perfectly level or the door's going to want to slide one way or the other. Yeah. So having the extra space, the two inches on either side of the door, it gives the ability to cover up all imperfections that might be in the actual frame itself, leave the original frame, and I like to utilize a rolling hardware uh, guide at the bottom instead of the T-Track. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever seen the plastic T-Tracks that they cut, so where you would route out a groove at the bottom of the door and it would slide in the middle of that. Yeah. I actually utilize one that connects to the, uh, the actual uh, shoe molding right near the frame. Okay. That comes out and has a roller on it that guides it in place. One, you're not having to drill into your actual floors. Sometimes if you have concrete floors or ceramic Ooh. tile floors or hardwood floors, you're not having to damage those. You're just right. putting a couple screws into the actual shoe molding. Okay. That also, the two inches on the other side, gives you the ability to have that track be held in place. Now, all right, and that's for the sliding doors. For the sliding doors, correct. Okay. Now, do you, have you ever done any pocket doors? So... Actually, I have a customer right now who's utilizing the pocket doors. I don't personally do the installs. I do not have an MHIC. Right. Um, all my uh, installations are done that. by licensed contractors, so okay. I will put that out there. Um, so it just it makes more sense for me to have a licensed and bonded contractor right. go good, out that point. works for me that can go out and do these installs. Uh, it just makes it so much easier, so much safer, better yeah. quality. You know. Well, and um, you're, you're covered that way too. Everyone's covered. Yeah. yeah, it makes the most sense. You know, if a screw goes through an electric line or a water line or something like that, if it was just me coming out there doing it, there wouldn't be as much of coverage as if right. there is someone who's licensed Somebody's and bonded. So, bonded yeah. yeah, absolutely. That um, makes a lot more sense. So doing the wider doors, um, you want to have the track at the bottom. And then going back to the pocket door thing you talked about, uh, I have someone right now who's doing the pocket door. Their contractors are installing it, but uh, as long as it's already there and the mm -hmm. hardware's there for it, you can take a door that would fit right into the existing hardware. Or if you wanted to frame out, you have contractors right. you can call that could frame that out. Now, what about as far as not necessarily the entry door at, at, for the front door, but you know how a lot of houses have a garage that's attached to the house, and you have that door going into the garage. I know it used to be you had to be a steel door. I don't know what the code is now. So it has to be fire rated? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, again, I'm not going to pretend to know all those answers. Right. I would say probably not. Okay. Probably not a good idea. You want it to make sure it's self-closing and fire rated. So what I'm doing and the kind of stuff that I'm constructing isn't going to be that standard. Um, and Andrew, that means I ain't going to be able to get a door there now. <laughs> <laughs> so not saying it's impossible, because I know yeah. they used to be wood, but steel is the, the best way to go. It's the safest way to go is just have a steel door there. No, oh, that's what I sure. talked about how my father did the cedar wood. Mm -hmm. That's what he did. He just put the cedar wood on that steel door. Man, that made that door really heavy. I'm sure it did. <laughs> I think it was a bear to open yeah, up. Yeah, I did, I did a uh, three-and-a-half-inch thick set of... Uh, so someone wanted their garage door, their normal mm -hmm. garage door, and then they wanted to have a set of barn style doors to go over top of it because it was an old barn that was converted into a garage. Okay. So I had to build, but it had to be strong enough to hold up to the weather, it had to be strong enough to hold up to the wind because they were right by the water. So I had to build some three and a half inch thick doors that were on these massive like four inch hinges, you know, that were into the cement blocks and stuff like that that would come out. I mean, these things were an absolute beast. Each one probably wow. weighed 200 pounds. By the time we were done, it was two of them for this big double car garage. Stuff like that, they can get very heavy very quickly. Now you say with your wood, you go to a lot of the lumber yards. Right. Have you ever gone to, and I'm probably going to get the name of the, I'm not, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get the name of it wrong, so I'm not even going to say it. But I know there's one up in Haverty Grace. There's a 
probably a bunch of them up in Pennsylvania. It's basically like these antique shops. But I know the one in Haverty Grace downstairs, they have all this old wood. That you uh, okay, so you don't know about. So I'm gonna have to get get in touch with you, and we'll have to make a trip up there, because that's where my brother-in-law gets a lot of his wood, and he built a couple shelves for my wife. And when he when I looked at the wood, I'm like, wow, I was I was just amazed by it. But they have old doors, everything up there. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, it's <laughs> um. But he said, and there's one in Pennsylvania, and a lot of this stuff comes from like old barns. That they just tear down, uh, or old houses or whatever, the old hardwood flooring, but it's all natural wood. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, all right, I'm going to have to get a hold Sounds of it. Sounds exciting. That one. It is. Oh, God, we were up there. We went to the one in Havre de Grace. And just walking downstairs, look at, looking at all this wood, I think, I know we were there for a good hour. Right. You know, I'd maybe, love to see maybe, it. maybe 15 minutes upstairs looking at the antique stuff. Most of it was downstairs just looking at the wood. Yeah, it's it's neat. So a couple people in the community that I've met that also enjoy it. You know, I've gotten to see some of the projects that they make. Mm-hmm. And it is true. Once you get in there, once you start looking at this raw lumber, your brain just starts going to what could I make this yep. into? What? How beautiful could this be? You know, what... And a lot of it is, if I can take a natural hardwood and I don't have to stain it, I can just do like a natural finish, let the wood speak itself. That's usually my favorite pieces. Yeah. The most beautiful pieces. Um, now, I'm not saying that stain doesn't have its place, but just the original color, the original, the knots, the heartwood, the sapwood, yeah. the way it, it just shines through. Like, there's nothing, to me, my favorite is uh, black walnut. Always oh, has been. Oh. I just absolutely love working with black walnut. I love utilizing black walnut. Uh, maple is a quick second. Uh, mainly because when you cut it, it smells like bacon. <laughs> there we go with the food again. The first time I had the pleasure of working with maple, uh, you know, not even thinking about that, I was cutting it. And I'm like, I smell bacon. I'm like, am I having a stroke right now? And then it clicked. Like, oh no, they smoke maple, smoke bacon. Now wow. it all makes sense. It comes all together. Again, I'm no expert here, so yeah. I get to learn so much by doing each project, um, each custom order that comes in. You know, we have some ideas. I have one that I'm super excited to be working on. Uh, I have a door that is going to be a, uh, it's going to be a solid clean pine, and it's going to have a black walnut inlay. Um, so they kind of gave me a rough idea of a design and just kind of let me run with it. Um, so it's going to be very similar to that when it's completed. Oh, wow. But the black on the inside like is going sunburst. to be a walnut. Yeah, it's a sunburst effect, but it's going to have like natural black walnut. So I'm going to be ripping it out of actual heartwood walnut instead of like staining something the color. Again, just having the freedom and the flexibility to learn and utilize different uh, strategies and uh, try to work with the different equipment. It, it just, it's, there's nothing like it to yeah. me, especially. Elise's got to have another open house there so people can see that. And then what, if she wants to do that, I'll bring the smoker. That's right. So we we'll can sit both. there. Any, uh, any scraps that you can't do anything with, <laughs> we can throw in there. Andrew, you have anything to add before we wrap it up? Um, really, I just want to say thank you to you for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for coming. And I want to just say that. Uh, while I'm new, while we're starting out, there's a lot of heart and a lot of passion that goes into everything mm-hmm. that we do. Um, we do our best to be a part of the community, to give back to the community as much as we can. Um, we do get to utilize sometimes helping out with Found in Faith, getting to right. help with volunteering there as well. And just just thank, thanking everybody who has believed in us starting out. 
I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, you know, I truly want to thank the people that have believed in us, that have supported us. Um, Rachel, her father has been extremely helpful in coming out and helping me. My father's done the same thing. And just knowing that there's been people who have backing us when we first started, when it was just an idea. Right. Um, and well, now that we're starting to grow into something that's bigger, uh, for all of the my early customers who took a chance on just some right. guy who has a table saw and wants to build some stuff, <laughs> they took a chance on that. And now as we're getting bigger to each customer that comes along, just know that uh, your projects are important. Yeah, What we build and what we do, they're a part of us that are going out and going into your home. Um, whether it's a, a sign that we get to hand make, you know, all of these are hand cut, hand painted, you know, whether it's something small like that, or whether it's a big entertainment center or something that we build, it may not ever be perfect because mm -hmm. the wood never is, but it's going to have every heart and characteristic that we put into it. It's going to be um, unique. It's going to be 100% unique and exactly, hopefully, what you had in your mind. Yeah. Um, but no, thank you to everybody who's truly been supportive, who's prayed for us, helped us. You know, thank you, big thank you to Found in Faith and Alicia for giving me the opportunity to be there. We're coming up on almost two years now that I've been in that location. It's been uh, wow. it's coming up on two years at the end of this year. Um, God, just man, knowing that things, by. just knowing that it's been there, and just the patience they've had with me, and the sawdust sometimes, <laughs> and the you know stuff being in the way, and you know having to move this door or move stuff yeah. out of the way. You know, just thank you so much for all of that because I really couldn't have allowed this to grow to the space it is without them giving me this opportunity. Real quick, too, you mentioned the the Christian networking. Group. Correct. How do how does one join that? So, if you wanted to join, um, the pastor there uh, is a really good friend of mine, Pastor okay. Jason. Um, you could contact him. Uh, Alicia has contact information. I can actually okay. give you the information and the links uh, for who runs a lot of that. Uh, just because it is a great if you're if you're looking to get in with a good group of people mm -hmm. who care about each other care about each other's business and support you know I unfortunately haven't been able to go as much as I'd like to go right um, in the last several months but it is a great uh, community of you know business owners who want to help each other out great um, and I'm, I'm living proof of that yes yeah, so so I'll send the information I'll put that on in, that that way you can link that in with them too. as well um, the events they usually are the first either the first or second Tuesday I believe of every month. During the day? Uh, during the day. Okay. So it's earlier in the day. And they just, you get together, you have coffee, you're talking about what's right. going on and pray for each other and uh, help each other's business to grow. That's great. That is, and that is awesome. Again, thank you. And, thank uh, you. We want, I, I definitely want to get you on again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll talk about smoking, right? You know what? We, I would be down for that as um, well. Yeah. God, you know how many people i could that would want to sit on on that one <laughs> but see if we did a podcast on smoking we'd have to be actually smoking that's right we'd something. have to be doing it we'd have to be standing oh, around we have to be smelling it that'll Absolutely. Work. we got a smoker in the back there so that'll work <laughs> once again if you want to be on the harford county living show it is free to come on i encourage you know anybody in the area uh, you know if you want to promote your business organization or whatever please come on Call me at 443-982-0250 or email podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. And again, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Go right to the website and also now on the Chesapeake Podcast Network. I want to thank everybody that's helped support the podcast since I started this back in 2015. And right now you can help even more by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash harco living that's har h-a-r 
co, co, then living, short for Harford County Living, of course. What I'll do at the end of each episode, I will read the names of the monthly supporters. It could be as low as a dollar, three dollars, you know, whichever you prefer. And as of now, I want to thank our first monthly supporter, Recreating Wellness. Thank you, Anne Marie. 